This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back with an instant reaction podcast. Louisville 38, Miami 31. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. Gabby, I want to start in this this podcast with the decisive fourth quarter. Miami went into that fourth quarter with a 28-23 lead, and then Louisville exploded, finished the game off. Miami didn't really have any responses to what Louisville offered in that fourth quarter. Uh, Cardinals generated 158 yards in the fourth quarter, 11.3 yards per play. They uh, they took a 38-31 lead uh, on a Kevin Coleman uh, 54-yard explosive in which Jaden Davis and Takori Couch essentially ran into each other. Um, and Cam Kitchens kind of tap danced along the sideline instead of pushing him out of bounds or tackling. Um, Miami actually responded with a drive after that going down to the four-yard line. But the Hurricanes couldn't punch it in. They went one Mark Fletcher run, which went one yard, and then three straight Tyler Van Dyke passes and couldn't score a touchdown to tie it up. To me, too, Gabby, the difference um, was beyond that explosive by Kevin Coleman. Those are tough, tough to swallow. It was the red zone play calling because earlier in the fourth quarter, um, Louisville got a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So Louisville scored 15 points in the fourth to Miami's three. When Miami got in the red zone, when they got inside the five, they didn't have any answers in terms of finding the touchdown. And to me, that's where, like in general, I don't think the offense had a bad day on Saturday. Uh, But if you want to point to that one instance in the game, that was definitely a tough moment. Tough to defend Shannon Dawson for not getting the results in that situation. And to me, Gabby, too, it's it's that's where having a mobile quarterback can make a difference down when you're inside the five yard line and you have that run threat at quarterback earlier in the quarter. Louisville put in their mobile backup, Evan Conley, and he ran for a touchdown. I think it was a five-yard touchdown on a quarterback draw. So differences in the game 
really to me was Jeff Brom dialing it up. He kind of whipped Lance Guidry the whole game with his play calling and play designs. It showed up in the fourth quarter. Um, poor execution by the defense in terms of, I mean, in general, I think it was a poor tackling game, maybe the worst tackling game of the season for the Miami defense. Um, and then look, once Miami didn't get that touchdown at the end, they had some meltdowns with penalties and that killed field position for, you know, trying to put together a miracle last minute drive. So to me, the, the starting point was fourth quarter. That's where things kind of fell apart. It was another game in which Miami got the game to the fourth quarter. This time they had a lead in the fourth quarter and they just couldn't finish it off. What stood out to you, Gabby? Because also, too, in that quarter, in that fourth quarter, Miami kind of played conservatively and settled for a long field goal by Andy Borregales, which was frustrating. Um, but still, I mean, for better or worse, that's been the identity of this team all season is put it on the defense. Um, but unfortunately, this was probably the worst performance of the defense by the defense on the season, either this one or North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, and I think that conservative, you know, approach is is kind of where my mind went to as you're kind of going through everything, David. Uh, I think they, there was a point where they had a third, it was third and 11, um, kind of, uh, I guess a little bit past midfield, but, you know, a chance to kind of just, you know, push to move the sticks or put yourself in a, in an okay position to, again, whether you want to go for it or I don't, I don't know, or maybe just kick a closer field goal or just really just kind of take that a shot at trying to convert a first down. Uh, Miami decided to run the ball with Mark Fletcher. Uh, it went absolutely nowhere and they had to settle for that long 51 yard field goal. So again, it just felt like one of those conservative play calls to kind of keep themselves into the game. Uh, again, you know, I think they've put a lot on Andres Borgales' plate and to, you know, again, another long 51 yard field goal he had to attempt. And thankfully he's a really good kicker and he was able to kind of handle that moment and that situation. And he did tie the game uh, for Miami and, Again, then the whole explosive with just the collision and everything, and then the goal line stuff is just beyond frustrating. How again, you against a top ten team at home uh, with a chance to uh, you know again tie the game and and potentially go to over. I mean, whatever whatever the case is. I mean, I think it's it's again, and I think this has happened too many times. Uh, you know, just for my liking, I forgot which game it was, David. That again, it was a, a short you know goal line sort of situation. Uh, you know, you have to kind of find a way. Uh, the the last time was Miami getting stuffed at the goal line. Can't remember exactly which game that was. If it was Virginia or wh- which wh- whichever one, uh, maybe it was NC State. I think it was NC State. And then again, uh, you know, <laughs> you get you get four downs on the goal line and you you can't punch it in. I mean, I think some of these goal line. Um, situations you know the lack of being able to convert and like like i feel like today um louisville was just so good on the goal like they got on the goal line it was just like automatic touchdown like it was just they 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 didn't struggle at all uh and i feel like miami is just really having to gut out and grind out these goal line situations that they're and and they're just failing like it's just not going for them and i feel like you know obviously i think at that point the game was over and I think there's a lot that's just very frustrating about that and uh, really just the whole way that that fourth quarter was handled and there was a path to to, to win this game I think for a lot of it I, I was feeling good uh, most of the game and that fourth quarter it all just kind of fell apart did you have an issue in the final minutes when Miami got down there first and goal at the four just one run and three passes did you have an issue with that I, I had an issue with I think I just had an issue with just like the general 
the just a general play call. I mean, Mark Fletcher had, I mean, he had already scored from the goal line. I think I would have liked to have seen Mark Fletcher get another chance. Maybe like he had punched it in already in a similar situation where he kind of grinded it out and scored and punched it in. So I would have maybe liked to see at least you know again two runs. I mean, maybe you get maybe you get it a little bit closer even if you don't score. Like you get a little bit you know, closer to the goal line and you can try to figure something else out then. But I think to go one run and then three passes and with how kind of turnover, pro- not that he obviously didn't turn it over, but just with how turnover prone, I feel like Tyler has kind of been over the he's course. Yeah, he's not mobile. Yeah, he's he's not the guy that's going to that's gonna get it in there. Yeah, and then you kind of, and then the fourth down play, it's just kind of like hoping a prayer fade ball to uh, Jacoby George. And it's just like, wasn't, I don't even think it was a catchable ball. Uh, the other one to uh, Xavier Restrepo, you know, again, I don't, I don't think that that was like a catchable slant. Like it just wasn't a good ball in that situation. Um, you know, I, I think we saw kind of like the lack of creativity of just lining up and it's like, hey, go win a fade <laughs> ball. And, uh, you know, it's like, where was that Texas A&M kind of, you know, exciting goal line play that would just, you know, was just easy scores. So I, I think that there was definitely a lack of, if you're going to throw it three times, like draw something up, you know, don't just slant fade and I, I forgot what this i don't even remember what the second down play was um but yeah i mean I, I have an issue with it just because of how it was designed and and i guess executed i mean yeah that's that's all i guess i could say about that all right let's talk about the game as a whole and, and let's start with the offense for me again i don't think as a whole the offense was the issue on saturday you had a and and some of these stats are skewed from you know, what was essentially garbage time stats of, you know, chucking the ball downfield. But still, uh, you had a 300-yard passer in Tyler. You had a 190-yard receiver in Xavier Restrepo. You had a 120-yard rusher in Mark Fletcher. I think if I told you that was the case going into the game, you would think Miami wins pretty comfortably. Um, also won the turnover battle. They won the turnover battle. Tyler didn't throw a pick. So uh, as a team, they rushed for 6.1 yards per attempt. Um, they averaged 7.5 yards per play, which is very explosive. They had 10 explosive plays on the day. Um, and again, scoring 31 points against a Louisville team that came into the game allowing 17 points per game. That should be good enough to win. So I think as a whole, Miami's offense wasn't the issue. Now in that, you know, the sequence we were talking about in the fourth quarter, that was frustrating. They couldn't come up big in a pivotal moment. Um, But really, I didn't have an issue with the offense in general. And look, I do think Tyler played pretty well. Wasn't perfect, of course, but he played pretty well. And uh, we know that Tyler does, he's at his best when he's facing man coverage And that played out against a Louisville team that plays a lot of man coverage. I will say he was knocked around quite a bit during the day. Uh, I think he was only sacked one time, uh, but he did take some hits. He showed some toughness, stuck it in there. Um, You know, I think the offensive line, honestly, I think this might be the first game in which Miami lost both lines of scrimmage. Uh, Louisville did a better job of pressuring Tyler than Miami did pressuring Jack Plummer. And um, that was also one of the noticeable differences in the game. But overall, look, I think we saw Mark Fletcher really make a big impact. That deserves to be noted. And then the Burchard, 
You know, we talk about the lack of creativity inside the five in the fourth quarter, but the Brichard reverse was a very nice play design, executed well, beautiful block by Francis Maui Noah leading the way. Um, I think overall the offense played well enough to win. They just didn't come up in a key situation. I put this game on the defense, but before we get into the defense, Gabby, is there anything else you want to touch on with the offense? Yeah, no, I, I, I think... Yeah, I think Ed, the way that it played out on offense is how I, again, you read me those stats, David, like just going back over 300 yards from Tyler. He doesn't throw a pick. Fletcher for 126 and two touchdowns. Xavier Restrepo, again, this is maybe a little inflated because of that late play, but still had a very good game. Eight receptions, 193 yards and a touchdown. Like, I mean, you tell me Miami's having an offensive performance like that. They're winning the turnover battle, all that stuff, and that they lose. I mean, it's just, I, I, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have a, I don't know. I would have had a hard time believing that Miami was going to lose that game uh, if, if you told me that that was the offensive output we were going to get. And, yeah, you know, again, it's just one of those frustrating things where, uh, you know, again, it feels like maybe we just haven't seen that complete game. You know, when the offense kind of comes alive and performs, we saw the defense kind of, you know, get beat. And, look, credit to Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom was awesome. I mean, that was Obviously, I haven't been as exposed to very much of Jeff Brom, just not watching a ton of like Purdue football. But man, that was an impressive, impressive performance uh, from him. And he is a big time play caller. And I think he showed that he can kind of go toe to toe with some of the best defensive minds in college football and, and win because Gidry is a really good defensive coordinator, but he got beat today. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of my parting thoughts on on the offense today. Yeah, Jeff Brom definitely whipped Lance Gidry. Um shifts motions play actions uh i think i think the louisville tight ends finished with over 100 yards uh generated one touchdown combined which was not something you could have foreseen coming into the game um but jeff brom found a weakness and kept hitting it 12 receivers caught passes for louisville in the whole game jack Plummer did an good enough job managing the game he threw a pick early uh but kind of bounced back after that and um really you know the miami run defense was good enough it wasn't spectacular i feel like it, it got better as the game progressed um isaac garendo finished the day as their leading rusher with 93 yards and a touchdown he did a lot of his damage in the first half um but overall it was just frustrating with the way the tight ends continued to leak out. Uh, Louisville blocked up Miami's pass rush and blitzes. Did a really nice job doing that, honestly. Miami's blitzes didn't really come free all that often, which has been a rarity this season. Um, Did Miami even have a sack on the day? So Miami didn't have a sack. They only had three tackles for loss. So again, Miami got beat on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball today. And... um, Jeff Brom definitely is a beast play caller. I don't know what else to say about that. Also, too, as I mentioned earlier, tackling was pretty pretty poor, I feel like, for Miami um, relative to how they've tackled the, the whole season because they've been a pretty good tackling team up to this point. Um, let's talk about just where things are at on the season, Gabby. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Miami loses another close game in the fourth quarter. And, uh, 
you know, Mario Cristobal's talking point in the post game, and he's not wrong that this team is improved. I agree. This team is getting most of these games to the fourth quarter. I agree. They're just unable to finish in the fourth quarter, and they need to have that breakthrough. And, uh, you know, once they do, he's confident that things might start rolling downhill. It's just frustrating that they haven't had that breakthrough to this point. Miami's 2-5 and five right now in the ACC, and their two wins are overtime wins. So things are definite, like it's all on a razor's edge right now with Miami and this ACC. I do think they've underachieved. I do think this is a pretty good team. They're just unable to get these results, and it's been frustrating once they've started conference play. Yeah, I mean those all that speaks for itself i mean two and five against the conference is not good i didn't realize yeah both of those wins are in our overtime wins and look i mean i think on a week-to-week basis i think there there's obvious improvements year over year but i think i just like college football obviously is a, is a result oriented uh, business you you got to find a way to win these games and yes i think these are more competitive games i think that miami is finding a way to uh be in some of these games and you know they they found a way to win out to win you know a good clem like beat a good clemson team um but i just it, it's just frustrating because it feels like a lot of these games could have fallen their way and even the ones that they won like you know those could have not fallen their way so um even the wins like kind of you just mentioned david are just like marginal right it's it's so like the the it's it's very narrow uh those some of those victories and some of the losses as well so six and five now right is that is that where we're at six and five i mean to me it's that, that that's not particularly good enough and while you know i could see that there's been clear improvement you know just on how the team looks the talent level um the competitive nature uh, you you got to find a way to win games and you know i think that's that that you, the results need to come like at the end of the day the you have to find a way to win games and miami's coming up short against uh, you know again back-to-back top 10 teams you know lost both those games by a touchdown tough but uh you know it, it needs to get better all right, let's get out of here on this, Gabby. There was a bunch of key recruits here for the game, here to watch another suffering, unfortunately. Um, tell us who was here, and I guess if anything, any type of impression was made. Yeah, uh, you know, a couple a couple big names for sure. Uh, Armando Blunt, the Florida State commit, was in here. Um, you know, we'll, I, I don't really know what to make of all that. He started a tomahawk chopping on Instagram Live in the middle of the game, which is not fun for anyone. Um, LJ McCray, the five-star defensive lineman committed to Florida. He basically told me that he was tagging along with, uh, you know, top, top two, four, seven defensive back Xavier Mincy on his visits. So that's why he ended up at Florida state with him. That's why he came down to Miami with him to kind of just wrap up the process with him. Uh, so, you know, he said he, he definitely sees the vision at Miami and sees that the program is headed in the right way. But, uh, you know, it sounds to me like he's pretty committed to Florida. Uh, Xavier Mincy, just kind of talking about him. He has a great relationship with Jamal Dye. He wanted to kind of get back. I think the last visit he might take before, you know, just over the course of his process is, uh, you know, might be this next coming weekend to to Florida to see the, ga- to see the Gators play Florida State. And um, 
you know, I think that that might be the, you know, potentially one of the last things that he sees before, you know, kind of coming closer to a decision. And, uh, you know, I think a couple other just notable 2024 situations, Benjamin Blackburn, a tight end at Miami Columbus, who Miami recently offered. They had him on campus last week. He was here again with his family. I think that, that there's Columbus connections there that matter, that are important. We'll see where that situation goes. And also a tight end uh, from the state of California committed to Cal is down by the name of Camden Jones, big six foot five, six foot six type of kid that Miami's evaluating we'll see he'll spend time on campus on sunday and uh we'll see if he walks away with an offer so i think that's some of the more important just you know new i guess newsy uh recruiting notes just coming out of the the day just coming out of this this visit and uh you know there's some definitely some top 2025 recruits there too of note but we'll get into that yeah you know another time all right we'll get out of here on that and until next time take care